All right, kids, you demanded it, so here it is, the second episode of Fort St. David's. Hey, hey, all right, welcome back. This is the second episode of Fort St. David's, which is uh, the new official title that we're calling it. I had a long G-chat with my two peers, uh, Josh Carr and Alexander Zaranek, and we sort of threw some ideas back and forth about what the hell we're going to call this thing. We had, uh, we had a bunch of different stuff. You can actually vote if you... Uh, want us to change it. It was going to be Fort St. David's Radio. It was going to be called Daily Miltonian Radio. It was going to be called the Daily Miltonian. It was called the Pilot and the Panda. But what the hell, I figured Fort St. David's. That's the uh, the name that we've been giving everything that we've been doing since, uh, gosh, I guess uh, Alex and I started messing around with this stuff back in 2003. So this is what it's called. And uh, here we are. This is the second episode. Uh, we'll all be reading... The first chapter, I think I'm, I'm going to read the first chapter. I want to see how long it is. You know, I think I'm going to... Oh, can I do have time to do it? I'll do the first chapter. And then uh, and then the next episode will be the much longer second chapter. Uh, the first chapter is short. And uh, right now I'm short on time. <laughs> uh, I just got home from work. I've got a whole bunch of stuff to do. I'm uh, putting on a reading, which will be Sunday. It'll have happened by the time you listen to this. And in fact, you might be one of the people at the reading who got the copy of the CD that I'm going to make. And this is sort of weird predicting the future and telling you in the future what I told you in the past or uh, something like that. Anyway, yeah, so there'll be a CD and uh, the, hopefully we'll make a couple more. And uh, maybe we'll put them out as a series. I kind of like the idea. I don't, you know, people who don't have iPods or iTunes or whatever, there should be a way for them to listen to this as well. But anyway, so I have the pilot of panda here in my hands, and uh, this is the one copy that exists. There's actually two. My late friend Steve Keller had a an un sort of an unbound version where we bound it, where we printed it wrong so it couldn't be bound and then this one that is bound that I have. And uh, it's a big fat book. You can see a photo of it on uh, our website which is uh, dailymailtonian.wordpress.com and uh, yeah, it's uh, all told. The book ends. Let me see here. Whew. On page 678, so uh, it's, a, it's a long one. It's got a really tiny print type, too. It's probably even longer than that. Um, so, yep, we got the first page here where we said that this first edition was in 2004, which is when we uh, put it together, and our friend Tony, Mad Tony, uh, printed it out for us. Then there's a sort of pretentious disclaimer here at the beginning right? I wrote... Uh, this book, despite what anyone has told you, is a work of fiction and any resemblance to persons, living or dead, is purely coincidental, or else the author 
was having a particularly unimaginative day and recalled a salient or not so salient attribute of someone he once knew and decided to apply said attribute to a previously completely fictional character in this book. He has a pretentious young man once. No longer, though. On the next page, it has the dedication, which is for Jen, which is actually for more than one Jen, the Jen who inspired the book and the Jen who sort of inspired me to start writing a book. Both Jens will know who they are. Uh, and then we got, it says book one. There's three books total. Uh, book one, I think. Let's see how far it goes to. Um, it's page... Well, the, the book itself starts on page 13. You know how these books go. So from page 13 to... Let me just see. It's long. I think book one is the longest one. Yeah, it, it ends on... Um, Page 287. Wait, no. It ends on page 289. Now you know, so here we are, we're starting on page 13. And it starts. That old kook Billy Blake really nailed it on the head when he was pothering off about the marriage of heaven and hell. One can truly say that this says it all. I think it's safe to say that our first experiences with consciousness were nothing more than pure, unfettered bliss those nice, amber-warm, amniotic fluids to waft around in. It's, fun. it's funny, and I'm, I'm, I've decided that I am going to do this periodically through this uh, reading. I'm sort of going to laugh at some of uh, you know my own writing that's 10 years old. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, this whole thing, uh, I remember showing my father a copy of it, and he just saw the word pothering on the first sentence and said, pothering? What the? Pothering? Are you? And he was right. What the hell was I thinking? I just, I wanted every word, I, all I, I think I mostly read 19th century authors, and I just I thought that, you know, fancy was the way to go. I, I, me and Lauren Hunt used to talk about it. We wanted to start the new purple prose. Anyhow, uh, so yeah, it goes on. It was nice, amber warm uh, fluids to, uh, amniotic fluids to waft around in, a steady and comforting heartbeat to divide at the time, good food delivered at various but dependable intervals, Hell, maybe even a few cigarettes here and there if Mom couldn't quite kick the habit. Truly, this must have been Rapture, Cloud Nine, Paradiso, Elysium, Heaven, and nothing else. Then the next thing you know, you're out. Or else you just come out, or else they suck you out, or they cut you out, but you're out, and they slap you on your ass, and they pull out those big scissors, and you're on your own, under those crazy bright fluorescents and that cold operating table. The fluorescence, of course, a good-natured caveat. Then in about 20 years, if you don't play your cards right, you're going to be working in an office for the rest of your life. So stay on your toes, kid. But they've moved you. And so they've moved you in just nine months' time from heaven to hell. But sure enough, well, if you're lucky, you're reunited with mum. It's funny that I actually wrote mum, because I think I just kept reading all these like British authors. And I then, again, I, I just didn't want to write mum. Mum, that's terrible. Mum's the word. Uh, you're reunited with mum, and everything is fine again. Back to heaven. A plate full of warm gerbers and a big old teat to suck on while you're rocked to sleep. Rapture, cloud nine, paradiso, elysium, heaven. But then one day they forget to feed you, or maybe they forget to change the diapers, and here comes the tears, raining down from heaven. It's a back and forth, convex and concave, yin and yang, heaven and hell, from day one and onward towards infinity. The first thing I remember is nothing at all, a complete and total darkness, murk and obscurity, not happy, not sad, not safe, just black, black, black. 
Then things started to come into focus, slowly, surely. I began to notice a few twinkling stars above me in the firmament. As I lay there wondering just what the hell all those stars were doing up there, a pain came twisting, sharp, real. A pain twi The pain twisted acrobatically through my guts, like having a kidney removed by a blind doctor whose sole tools were a rusty jackknife and a splintered wooden spoon. I couldn't even scream. Was there oxygen? Was I in space? I just stared at the stars with no thoughts in my head save one. Pain! The twisting and contorting I did on the bed helped sober me up a bit. It was when my hand swung across the nightstand and the half-empty bottle of pills came tumbling down over the floor in multicolored multiplicity that I began to realize just what had transpired and what I was doing here on this bed under all these stars. The stars were really just stickers on the ceiling. After a time, the pain abated and narrowly reasonable, abated to a narrow, narrowly reasonable level, and I sat on the bed, clutching my stomach, passive and brooding. I was alive, alive. The word "alive" was racing through my head. The first word I could think of since pain, and I let it race around the helix track in my brain over and over again. It took on new meanings and depth that I, depth that I had hitherto never even fathomed. Alive! It was two in the morning, and I was alive, in this dirty little room with my orange crates of clothes, orange crates of records, orange crates of books. Did I have cigarettes? If I did or if I didn't, it was still the same miracle. It was the miracle of life. My heart was beating, the blood was flowing, systolic, check, diastolic, check. My eyes were blinking, my lungs were working, in fact, everything was working, and it all worked together, conspired together, to keep me going, to push me onward. Thank you, organs, thank you. Thank you! I stood up, still a bit dizzy, wobbled towards the door, and switched on the light. In my squinting daze, I shuffled around the room, picking up all the spilled pills and crumpling up the insipid little notes that I had written on the, to the known and caring world, goodbye and all that dross. On the floor, I noted, noticed a tattered volume of Rimbaud, open to one of the illuminations. I kneeled down and took a glance. I was, in a word, illuminated. I couldn't believe what I was reading. Every word celebratory, every word perfect. And th even through a translation, I was seeing things on a page that I had read perhaps a hundred times over. Things I had never cognized until now. I looked around the room, stunned, amazed. Everything was different. It was a completely new world to me. Lazarus, Phoenix, Osiris, me. I had died. I had returned. This will be the first day of my life, I swore to myself. I have been given a new lease, the proverbial clean slate. I decided, standing there in the darkness of an early spring midnight, that everything before, all the sins and waste of the past, would now be erased. Everything before this moment was to be disclaimed as darkness, gloom, madness, and despair, declaimed as ignorance and cupidity. Of course, I had no idea that it could only get worse, would only get worse, but that night when I awoke alive, it seemed to me that this was my new chance, a fresh start, deliverance from the inferno into the shining presentiment of a brand new day. I could almost hear the inaugural parade humming outside my window in the dark and windy city streets. I went back to bed dreaming of that new tomorrow that would certainly come with sunlight. And that's the end of the first chapter. 
And uh, that's the end of this episode. I gotta get into the kitchen and start making dinner. And then I've got to get myself to bed because I am not feeling well today. I had a long night last night and I'm very tired. But I'm glad you listened. And, um, yep, I'm going to do it and I'm going to keep doing it until, uh, I don't know, someone tells me stop or I get tired of it. I've got many, many pages to go. And, um, yep, so I hope you stick around for all of them. And uh, thanks and good night.